To say that I was uncomfortable would probably be the world's greatest understatement, considering what I was feeling in that moment. I was only 19 years old, a single evangelist preaching a revival in that city, and I was checking into my hotel. And as I was checking in, the woman at the checking counter looked at me and said, Sir, are you a preacher? It caught me off guard. I was just wearing jeans and a button up. I didn't really look like a preacher at the time. I said, yes, ma'am, I am a preacher. I'll never forget it. As long as I lived, she started weeping. Tears began to fall down her face. And I looked at her and I said, what's wrong? This 19-year-old kid, I have no idea what's going on. And she looks at me and says, sir, you don't understand. I've been praying that God would send me a preacher to tell me how to be saved because I want to be saved, but I don't know how to be. Something changed in my life that day. Something shifted in my spirit. And I looked at her and I said, well, you can be saved. I opened my Bible. We went to Deuteronomy 6, 4, Acts 2, 38, John 3, 5, and we had the world's shortest Bible study. I told her, I said, you need to get the Holy Ghost. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost and you need to be baptized in Jesus name. You know, like us Pentecostals do, we we cut right to the point, of course. And she looked at me and said, I need the Holy Ghost. I said, yes, you do. That's what the Bible says. And she says, okay, I'm ready. I want the Holy Ghost now. I was uncomfortable because I had never been in this situation before. Her faith was greater than mine. And she was ready to receive the Holy Ghost right there in the hotel lobby. Stick around. We're going to tell you what happened and what happens when we are willing to have uncomfortable conversations for Jesus. It's amazing what miracles can take place. Guys, thanks for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast. Let's go. So there we were, standing in the lobby, just had the world's shortest Bible study, and she is ready to get the Holy Ghost. I was preaching a youth rally in that city Friday night. It was a Friday. I said, you should come to church tonight and God will give you the Holy Ghost. She said, no, I want the Holy Ghost now. Me being of little faith, couldn't imagine it could happen here. Surely she would have to come to the youth rally. If she was going to get the Holy Ghost for the first time and be born again and her life be changed, surely it had to be a church. But no, this was a day that changed my life. I said, you want it here right now? She said, yes. I said, well, can we pray here at the check-in counter? She says, no, my boss probably wouldn't like that. Let's go out to the canopy where the cars pull up under to unpack their luggage and I'll get the Holy Ghost there. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what's going to happen. So we walk out to the front of the hotel. People are unpacking their luggage. A family of 19 is unpacking out of their van with all their 
different suitcases. And there we are. I looked at her and I said, I believe God can fill you with the Holy Ghost inside. I'm uncomfortable. I'm thinking, I actually don't know what's going to happen, Lord. And I said, you know what? The Bible says we're supposed to lift up our hands. It says we're supposed to lift our eyes unto the hills from where our help comes from. Bible tells us the highest praise is hallelujah. And I was just instructing her these things. And I told her, I said, as a 19-year-old boy, I said, if you'll lift up your hands, I believe that God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. She lifted up her hands and those same tears that I saw from earlier started streaming down her face, except these tears were bigger and even more sincere than before. And before I knew it, she was speaking in tongues right there in the hotel parking lot. She got paid to get the Holy Ghost. She got the Holy Ghost on the clock. And something changed in my life that day because I realized as a 19-year-old boy that God could work wherever he wanted to work. And he could change somebody's life whenever he wanted to change their life. It's amazing what can happen when we're willing to be uncomfortable for him. You know, we live in a culture of comfort. We love being comfortable. I pay for comfort. You sacrifice for comfort. We build for for comfort. We like to be comfortable when we eat. Founded in 1927, a company had a total revenue of $1.52 billion. In 2017, their net income was $85 million in just that one year of business. They pay over 11,000 employees worldwide. A company called... Lazy Boy, made famous by their comfortable reclining chairs, made perfect for your Coca-Cola and popcorn relaxation session after a long day's work. Yeah, we love comfort. We pay for it. If I'm honest, I love comfort. In some ways, comfort is a fun commodity, but not when it comes to the kingdom of God. You see, comfort is the enemy of your calling. And I would go further to say that the call of God on your life will always push you out of your comfort zone. Paul said to the church of Corinth, he said, whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And Paul tells us that God is our comforter. But here's the thing that's funny. Our calling is somewhat uncomfortable. God will call us to do uncomfortable things. No wonder we need a comforter. God will use that discomfort to propel you into your calling and into your destiny. And if you don't believe me, let's get real for just a second. Worship is powerful, but it's uncomfortable to our flesh. Prayer is powerful. But it's uncomfortable to pray for long periods of time. We get tired. Faithfulness is powerful, but it's it's uncomfortable to be faithful. Shouting is powerful, but your voice won't feel very comfortable the next day. Witnessing is powerful, but it can lead to a lot of uncomfortable conversations. P7 clubs and campus ministries are powerful but it's going to be a little uncomfortable getting it started. And I'm telling you right now that if you want to be powerful for God, you need to be willing to get uncomfortable for him. 
if you would be willing to press into the discomfort of your calling, God will push you into the ministry of your destiny. And I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in another in another comfortable church service or another comfortable altar call. I don't want another comfortable worship service. I want to feel the presence of God. And I've come with good news for somebody listening to this podcast today that if you will push past the discomfort, there will be a comfort that comes to you right past the limits of your comfort zone. John 14 and 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and he'll bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Ghost may push you out of your comfort zone, but if you'll push past your discomfort, Jesus will give you his comfort. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a little bit uncomfortable, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up because the call of God can be a little bit uncomfortable. God has called some powerful people that are listening to this podcast right now. And if your ministry is limited by your comfort level, you might need to check your calling level because God's call on your life is more important than your comfort. David, we all love David. He was a skilled musician, but he was young and he's still learning. And I'm sure he wasn't comfortable with playing in front of Saul. But when the king calls you, you go. And I feel to tell somebody today that when the king, when King Jesus calls you to do something, you answer that call, whether you're comfortable or not. Comfort will stunt your calling and your future and your destiny if you make all of your decisions based on your comfort level. God wants to push you past your comfort level. Your anointing and your destiny is not inside of your comfort level. It's going to be on the other side. When you push past that, when you push through that, there is something powerful that will happen in your ministry and in your life. Let me introduce you to two people who will never do anything for God. Their names are Netflix and Chill. If your best friends are Netflix and Chill, you'll never accomplish anything for God. There are far too many Christians sitting in front of their TV for eight hours a day when they can't even pray for five minutes a day. And please don't think I'm beating up on you. I'm talking to myself here. We need to, how can we say that we don't have time to pray when we've been on Facebook for four hours that day? How can we tell the Lord that we didn't have time to read his word and let him speak to us when we were on Instagram for three hours that evening? Prayer is how we talk to him and reading his word is how he speaks to us. You know, I was, uh, my son Judah just turned two this week, and the other day he was, he was grabbing at his legs and he's crying, 
and we're concerned. I said, Judah, what's wrong? I, d- I don't see anything wrong with your legs. And he's starting to talk. He said, daddy, daddy, help. And I was looking at his legs and I, I didn't understand what was going on. And it hit me all of a sudden that Judah was experiencing growing pains. His legs were hurting because he was growing. He's getting taller. Growth always requires discomfort. Luke 1 and 30, it says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast favor with God. Mary, you're, you're going to have a son, and his name will be Jesus. He's going to die for your sins. You're, you're going to be his mother. No, no, uh, Mr. Angel, you, you must have the wrong person. There's, there's no way that that could be me. And, and as I read, I was reading this this week, and I kept noticing that the angel kept telling her, no, Mary, you have favor with God. You have favor with the Lord. And then he goes on again after he gives her instructions, and he says, you're highly favored, Mary. You're going to have a son. But but it's not it's not possible, Lord. No, you're going to have a son. And so here she is. Jesus is here. You just can't see him yet. And God's going to use you to bring him forth into the world. It would be nine months before she would see that promise come to pass. It would be nine months of discomfort. It would be nine months of being uncomfortable waiting on this promise. The heaven has spoken to me and told me that there's a savior, that there's a miracle. And and I'm blown away by this because God could have come in a lightning bolt. He could have made a dramatic appearance. He could have you know, rode up on a gold chariot with a thousand white horses and said, I'm here. But he says, no, no, I just need a vessel that will be uncomfortable for a while. No, I know I could do that, but but Mary, if if you'll keep pushing through the discomfort, if you'll trust me through this process, on the other side of that discomfort is Jesus. On the other side of your greatest discomfort is your Savior, is an anointing, is the Messiah that's going to save the world. And I believe that the angel kept telling her that she had favor because he was telling her, don't mistake discomfort for disapproval because your willingness to push through discomfort so that others will see Jesus is what qualifies you for favor. Discomfort will propel you into your destiny. And if you can't remember the last time you were inconvenienced for God, you might need to check your calling level. You know, we need to have the anointing and the help of God. We can't make it without it. When Samuel anointed David to be king, the Bible says he poured the horn of oil over David's head to anoint him. God had called David to be king. He was talented. He was handsome. He was skilled and he was capable. But that's not what qualified him. 
Look with me in 1 Samuel 16 and 13. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. I don't know about you, but having oil poured over my head sounds extremely uncomfortable. But that was the moment that the anointing covered David. Anointing requires the willingness to experience discomfort so you can step into your calling and willingness to experience discomfort for his glory is what differentiates the talented from the anointed. And only after David was anointed, do you see this verse in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 16? Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on the harp. So he's skilled, he's talented. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hands and thou shalt be well. God wants to use your hands. He wants to use your skill and your talent. But I'm telling you that evil spirits weren't cast out Because David was talented, spirits had to flee when David played because he was anointed. That is what when discomfort catapulted him into a destiny. Shouting is uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good on your voice. But when they walked around Jericho, it probably felt awkward. And when they walked around Jericho and shouted, it wasn't comfortable. But that was the plan of God that he chose for the walls to come down. And when you want to see walls fall in your life, when you want to see powerful things happen in your life, you need to be willing to do something that's out of your comfort level. Hebrews 11 and 9 says, By faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. The Bible says that Abraham went to live in the land of promise, living in tents. Abraham was aware of the riches of the world around him. He came from Ur of Chaldees, a prosperous city. He visited Egypt, the world's most powerful and wealthiest nation at the time. And what Hebrews 11 and 9 does not say is that all the while he lived in what appears to be a lowly status, he was an heir of the, of the, of the world to a person of faith. That means a great deal. See, some may may mistakenly think that everybody lived in tents in Abraham's time, so the way he lived was the way every wealthy person lived. Thus, there is nothing unusual in the Bible pointing these things out. Not so. The way Abraham lived reflected where his heart was. It was a glimpse into his faith, vision, and humility. Archaeologists have compiled a great deal of evidence about the time Abraham lived, and the people of that day built fine houses and huge buildings. The cultures were highly developed, and their building projects were grand and extensive. 
the tent, ladies and gentlemen, was symbolic of the temporary. He could have lived in a nice house. He could have been comfortable. But Abraham wasn't worried about that. And this is why. Hebrews 11 and 10. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. You see, it's not about my comfort down here because I'm looking for a city. I'm looking to a savior. He is my comfort. He is my strength. And if you want to be used by God, we might need to run to a symbolic altar just in our minds for a moment as we listen to this episode and remind ourselves that not everything that we do for God is going to be easy. And if you don't feel comfortable shouting at church, you ought to shout anyways. And if you don't feel comfortable clapping and and praying, you ought to do it anyways, because on the other side of your discomfort is a mighty call of God. And there's a comforter on the other side of that shout. And, and there is a comforter on the other side of that dance. Somebody needs to be discomforted into their destiny. Maybe I'm talking to somebody right now who feels called to start a P7 club in your high school, but you're just a little uncomfortable with the process. Maybe I'm talking to somebody who feels called to start a campus ministry, but you just can't imagine how God could use you to make a difference on your campus. Well, I'm telling you, if you can push past the awkwardness or the discomfort of those first steps into your calling, I'm telling you there is an anointing and there is a revival that lies on the other side of your discomfort. Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that are listening right now that you would bless them in a mighty way. God, I pray that you would give us a courage and a boldness to walk into our schools, our campuses, our jobs, and into our homes, and that we would have conversations that we need to have about you. God, I pray that you'd give us a boldness and a comforter that would walk with us, and we know that you have by the greatest gift you've ever given us, the Holy Ghost. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us, encourage us, and bless those that are listening right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the Noteworthy Podcast today. It really means the world that you guys tune in every week. On a personal note, Rachel and I are on Baby Watch, and our second baby boy is supposed to be born any day now. So please pray for us. And uh, we are very excited about our new addition to the family. And we appreciate all your prayers and support. I love you. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a review. Uh, Rate it five stars or one stars. Whatever you want to do, be completely honest. But just leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can follow us at Nathan and Rachel Music on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to email us with any questions, email us at NathanAndRachelMusic at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. God bless. God bless.